where, where our lives going. Uh, and it's all been under this key verse in Psalm 39, uh, and we've, we've revisited this every week. So hopefully you got this one down, right? Uh, and it says, Lord, remind me. Remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. And uh, I underlined that sentence for us this morning there, that my entire, my entire lifetime is just a moment uh, to you. Uh, but you know what? If we're, if we're honest about it, if, if we look at it and we're honest about it, it's a pretty dang important moment, isn't it? I mean, it's our life. <laughs> it's a pretty dang important moment. I mean, it may be just a moment in the scheme of eternity, right? Like we looked at before. But, but this moment, this life that we have, this, this breath that we live, this moment that is ours, it is an extremely important moment if no, to nobody else, to us, right? Nobody thinks their life is an extremely important moment. They're all sitting there going, oh, well, I don't I guess it's okay. Believe me, it's an important moment, right? Yeah, now if you don't believe me on that one, uh, believe me on this one. It is equally your life, your moment. It is equally important to God. Your life, how you invest your life, this moment that you live, is absolutely crucial for the kingdom of heaven. It's not just about how you live your life for yourself. It's how you live your life for the kingdom. This moment, while it may be only a moment, it is an extraordinarily important moment. And what we do together as Christ Church in this moment is an extraordinarily important moment. Now, in the series, Pastor Andrew and I have tried to invite you to uh, not waste your life, not spend your life, but to invest your life, right? And we directed you to think about investing your life in uh, really three ways. Uh, The last two are kind of together, but really in three ways. One is to invest your life in the Word of God, right? Invest your life uh, in in Jesus. And Pastor Andrew, you know, kind of led you through that uh, in an awesome message uh, last week, right? And to think about how do you invest your life in your relationship uh, with Christ. And then uh, the other way to invest your life is to invest your life in the people of God. And that's kind of inclusive. It's the people of God who are already believers and the people of God who we need to reach so they become believers, right? It's about not just the people of God, but expanding the kingdom, expanding the people of God. Now, this isn't something that Pastor and Andrew and I just kind of thought up along the way, right? This is a scriptural truth. And let me show it to you. Jesus himself in Mark 12 captures what we've been sharing with you uh, over these weeks. So how to invest your life. If you look at Mark uh, 12, uh, there's a um, a teacher of the law who comes to Jesus and they're always trying to trick him, you know, and they've been doing that. They've been asking him questions and he's been responding uh, really well, so well that one of them begins to say, wow, maybe this guy really knows what he's talking about. And so he asked him a question and said, so tell me, what's the most important commandment? 
And here's what Jesus replied. It says, Jesus replied, the most important. Stop there for a minute. The most what? Important. He just defined something really crucial for us, didn't he? If, if you want to know what matters, right? If you want to, if you want to know what, what's really important in life, what, what matters in, in this moment that you've got, in this moment called life that you experience right now, forever long you get, in this moment, what really matters? What is the most important? Now, I don't know about you, but, you know, as I hang out with Jesus, I, I've just learned that when he says something, he really means it. Right? He's just not kind of, you know, amplifying. When he says something, he, re- he authentically means it. And so he responds to the question. He says, listen, here's what matters. Here's what matters. Here's what's the most important. If anything else, you've got to understand this. You've got to get this. This is the most important. What's most important, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel. The Lord your God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. What's the most important thing in this moment? That you invest in a relationship with Jesus Christ. It is the most important thing in your life. Now, some of you, I know, aren't there. Some of you aren't there yet. You just haven't really gone all in, right? You may dabble a little bit, but you just haven't made the move. You just haven't really gone all in and totally surrendered, right? We sang the song, All I Am, All I Am is Yours. 30 days to live. Don't waste a moment. Don't waste a moment. Don't, don't, don't play the odds, right? Don't, don't just think, well, you know what, tomorrow, the next day, next week, next month, next year. I mean, don't, don't roll the dice on this stuff. The moment is now. This is the moment for you to understand the most important thing in your life, the most important way you can invest the moment, the breath that is your life, is in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Surrender to that, to that right now. Don't, don't go another day. Don't go another moment. The most important thing we can do is step into that relationship and growing that relationship with Christ. It is the most valuable thing that we can do with our lives. Second, he says, the second, and notice this one, the second and equally important. There's a surprise, isn't it? Look at that. It, it's not just invest in relationship with Christ, but equally important, equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, when he says love your neighbor, neighbor is an inclusive thing, Right? Because your neighbor may be a believer. And if your neighbor is a believer, you need to invest in a relationship with your fellow believers. And if your neighbor is not a believer, then you need to invest your life in sharing with that non-believer about Christ. And so he kind of incorporates both of those into, into one reality, right? The most important thing is to be able to invest in a relationship with Christ, invest in a relationship with other believers, and invest in that relationship with those that you need to share Christ with so they'll become believers. Now, if you don't believe me, we've been telling you this, you don't believe me, all the way along in this series, we've had some fellow believers walking with us 
who, who are struggling in their own lives with the reality that life is coming to an end. Their moment is, is coming to an end. And they have continued to share with us the most important thing. So I want you to uh, watch the screens again today, and we're going to meet Larry again. And uh, listen to Larry as he speaks to uh, his family about what is the most important. I know you struggle with a lot of things, but I know deep down in my heart, you will put together and growing to be a wonderful man. And I know that you will find a passion in your life that will help guide you and that you can look back on and everybody who knows you will be proud of you. Abby, you are a beautiful young girl who needs to stop growing up. You know what I mean? And I say that lovingly. Um, you are a special person who brings joy to everybody. And I'm so proud of the fact that you look at people for who they truly are. Josh, you are the funny man. Ever since when you were little, I called you the Teflon Bubba, and you have more jokes and more spirit and fine humor and things that I couldn't even begin to imagine. Allie, you're the youngest and you're the loudest. And you know what? I wouldn't change that for the world. You let everybody know you're there. You're not afraid to speak your mind. And I wish that I had just a little bit of that ability and it will make you very strong when you grow up. You know, Maureen, I don't think there is anything that I haven't already told you. Um, I love you. I know you love me. In his moment, as he's looking at that moment being over, what does he turn to? What does he think about? Who does he speak to? He speaks to his kids. Right? He went through each of his kids. And he speaks to his wife. What is he doing? He's speaking to those relationships. And he's teaching us what's really important. What really matters. And if, if you take what Jesus said in Mark, and you try to capture that with one word. What really matters? It would be that word, uh, relationship, right? What really matters to us is relationship. And, and that shouldn't surprise us, because that's what matters to God. 
Uh, we go to John 3.16, right? It's one of our hallmark verses for believers, right? The believers are like, yeah, John 3.16, for God so loved the world. We all memorize it as kids, right? But if you think about John 3.16, what is it saying to us? Well, isn't it, isn't it telling us how, how desperate God is to be in relationship with us? Look, for this is how God loved the world. This is how much he wanted to be in relationship with us with you. He loved you so much. He loved the world so much. He wanted to be in relate he wanted to be in your life. He wanted to be in relationship with you so much that he would give his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have an eternal relationship with him. That's what matters. Relationship. Relationship. That's what matters. That God wants to have this extraordinary, growing relationship with each one of you. And then he wants to encourage you through that relationship to have incredible relationships with other people. And you can see in Matthew 5 where he, he gives us absolute, not just permission, but encouragement and even warning to say how important it is that we have those other relationships with other people. And so he says, look, if, if you're going to present a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and, and you remember on the way that, that somebody is not in relationship with you, that you got a problem with somebody, well, leave your sacrifice there at the altar and go and get that relationship right with that other person. What's he telling us? Well, it's about relate. what matters. What matters is relationship. Our relationship with Christ and our relationship with with other people. I mean, some of you out there, you, 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 you've got some relationships right now that are just not right. You, you can name them. You're going through in your head right now. You can name those people that you just don't have a right relationship. You know. The deal is, with the moment that you have, are you ready to step into making those relationships right? Now, that's not going to be easy. That's going to ask you to do what Jesus did for you. And that is to practice generous forgiveness. Generous forgiveness. I love this verse in Colossians 3. Uh, Husbands and wives, you should especially like the first phrase in this verse, right? Make allowance for each other's faults. Okay, go ahead. Nudge one another right now, right? Do you do that? You make those allowances? Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Anyone? Anyone. Those people that you just clicked off in your head. Right? And then he makes the kicker. Here it is. Remember, the Lord forgave you. You, you didn't deserve a relationship with him. You, you didn't deserve his forgiveness. And yet, yet he gave up his only son so he could be in relationship with you. And if he's forgiven you, so you must forgive others. Yeah, it means you're going to have to practice generous forgiveness. They may not deserve it. These folks that you're in friction with or you're in conflict with, or you haven't talked to for X number of months or years, they, they may not deserve forgiveness. That's not the point. We didn't deserve forgiveness. We didn't deserve to be in relationship with God. 
We didn't deserve Jesus to die for us. He chose to do that for us. He loves us that much. And so we need to step into generous forgiveness. Generous forgiveness. You can see in 1 Peter, it says, Most important, we've been talking about what's important. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers what? A whole bunch of stuff. That's what love does. That's what love does. When you receive that love that Christ has for you, you got to go pour it out. Now, let me show you what generous forgiveness looks like. This will blow you away. Think about this one. So Jesus is in the last days of his life, in the moments, right? The moment of his life. And he knows what's ahead, right? And so he's in the upper room before he sits at the table with his disciples and gives them communion. What does he do? He goes and he takes off his cloak and he wraps another garment around his waist and he gets a basin of water and he goes along and he washes each one of the disciples' feet, right? You know the story? Powerful story. But think, think about generous forgiveness. Think about this story deeper. Think about the story deeper. You ready? Whose feet is he washing? Only those that love him? Only those that respond to him? Only those that think he's just the greatest guy, the greatest rabbi ever? Look again at the story. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew. He knew. He knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He knew what was out in front of him. He knew everything that was going to happen. He knew. He knew. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth. And now what did he do? He loved them to the very end. Including, it was time for supper and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Who's at the table and whose feet is he washing? The very guy that would betray him. That's generous forgiveness. That's generous forgiveness. You see, when you grow in your relationship with Christ, when you invest in a relationship with Christ, that's what He can do in your life. He can grow you to that kind of person that practices generous forgiveness. Not because they deserve it, but because you love them to the end. What matters? What's important with this moment that is our life? What matters? What matters is relationship. And so what matters is getting in relationship with other believers, right? Getting in that relationship with other believers. Uh, Look at Galatians where uh, Paul says, Dear brothers and sisters, so we know he's talking to believers, right? He's talking to believers. Dear brothers and sisters, share each other's burden. In this way, obey the law of Christ. How many like obeying the speed limit? Nobody likes obeying the speed limit, right? We don't always like obeying the law, but what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to obey the law. He says, this is the law of Christ. This is the law of Christ. This is what we're supposed to do. This isn't an optional thing. This isn't one of those things you say, well, you know, if I feel like it, well, maybe could, I don't know, you know. No, he's saying, look, this is what we do. This is what we do. If you understand and you've invested your relationship in Christ and he is absolutely all that you are, right? Then you invest in other believers. 
it's just the law of Christ. It's what you do. It's who we are. And so if you're sitting there today and you've been kind of putting that off and saying, yeah, I know Pastor Andrew, Pastor Bob, they keep telling me I should be in a small group or I should be in a ministry. Yeah, we're going to keep telling you why. Because it's the law of Christ. And so you just need to step into that. Don't, don't waste the moment. Don't wait anymore. Don't waste the moment that you have in this life to step into the law of Christ, what God wants you to be, what Christ can make you into, and surround yourself with other believers. So just take the plunge. Step into a small group. Step into a ministry around here and get working with other believers. Right? Let him just grow you uh, in that way. And as you grow in your relationship with Christ, as you grow in your relationship with other believers, he's also going to then challenge you and give you the opportunity to invest your life in the people who are distant from him, right? In the people that don't know him yet. And he's going to open up doors and opportunities for you to do the most important thing you can do with your life. And that's to share Christ with somebody else. If you look at Matthew 18, it's that story of those sheep. Remember the, the lost sheep story, right? There's nine, there's a hundred sheep. One of them gets lost. There's the 99. Who does he pay attention to? The 99 or the one that got lost? The answer would be the one that got lost, right? He goes after the one that got lost, leaves the 99, goes after the one that got lost. And Jesus ends the story saying, look, in the same way, it is not my father, my heavenly father's will that even one of these little ones should perish. What's he saying? The most important. What's the most important? What really matters? What really matters is that we do the most important thing with our moment. And the most important thing we can do is to share Jesus Christ with somebody else. That is the highest and greatest use of our life. Highest and greatest use of our life. You look at Thessalonians. It says, we loved you so much that we shared with you not only the good news, but our own lives. This is Paul speaking to the the church in Thessalonica. What did he do? He went there, and he didn't just tell them about Jesus. He invested in their lives. He told them about Jesus, but he invested in their lives. That is the highest and greatest use of our life. To, to go to those people around us and to invest our lives in non-believers so that they know Jesus. Uh, this week, one of our uh, kids uh, did, uh, did this. They were at school, and they asked that question at the top, uh, what do I want to be, right? And two, two boxes there. And uh, this is just one of our, one of our little girls. And uh, what do I want to be? And the first answer was a cook, must like noodles. Right? Me, noodles, right? cook. But look at the second answer. This is what's happening back with our kids back in Adventure Camp, right? This is what's going on. What does she want to be? She wants to be a missionary. Now, she identified that with Operation Christmas Child, which is pretty cool, right? But, but she sees her life as being a missionary. So here's the deal. If you're a Christ follower... That's what you are. You don't get to choose in the matter, right? This isn't like, I want to be a missionary. If you're a Christ follower, this is what you are. Investing in a relationship with Jesus means that we will invest in a relationship with other believers. It's the law of Christ. And we will invest in reaching other peoples for Christ. It means wherever we are, whatever we're doing, we are missionaries, Right around here at Christ Church, we say we are always on mission, right? 
We're on mission. I am Christ Church, and I am on mission. We're always on mission. So when you go to work tomorrow, what are you? Well, you're not just there at work. You're a missionary. Right? When, you, when you're gathering with your family, you're, you're not just being a dad or a mom. You're a missionary to your kids. Right? When you're out there playing in the world and you're at your kid's soccer game or baseball game or whatever it is, I mean, you're not just there being a parent going, yay, go, and talking too much from the sidelines. Right? What are you? You're a missionary. That is the highest and greatest use of our life. If it's most important, what's most important? If we only have this moment, what's most important? That we use our life to impact other people with the good news, with the cause of Christ. We need to agree on that. Paul says in Philippians, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Look what he says then. Then, make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, that's loving other believers, right? Loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. We need to have one mind and one purpose. We need to agree wholeheartedly today, right now, right here. The most important thing we can do with our moment is to share Christ with somebody else. That, that's, that's Christ's church. That's the only reason we exist. That, that's it. That's what Christ's church is. The only reason we exist. That's our mission. That's our purpose. That's what we're about is to just simply share Christ with more people so that more people come to know him like we do. Can we agree on that? We've got to get there. We've got to understand that. Because if we're not there, close the doors. We're not a country club just to come and kumbaya. We are a people on mission and in a cause. And what we do has eternal consequences. And we are here to reach people for Jesus Christ so that they will know that incredible relationship with Christ and won't waste their life or spend it, but they'll invest it. Philippians, Paul says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take what? An interest in whom? Other people. Others. All right, if you don't believe me in all of this, you're tracking along in this whole series, we've had other Christians, brothers and sisters, that have been trying to tell us uh, what, what I'm kind of summarizing today, right? And the same thing that Jesus summarized. In all of these videos, in all of these times that we've met with, with these brothers and sisters in Christ, right, who are at the end of their life, they all come back to the same thing. It's about their relationship with Christ, and it's about others. Uh, just hear it one more time. Uh, meet one more time uh, Stacy and uh, Sherry uh, and Larry. You know, it's just the value of everything else is just gone. It's all for nothing. And you, you read the Bible and you go to church and you listen to the Word, you know, and you talk about that. You can't take it with you. And, and how you're not supposed to live, you know, for those treasures. Those are the wrong kinds of treasures. You know, I think those things that I thought were urgent aren't all that urgent. You know, they're not, um, I don't know. I, I wanted to go to this place. I wanted to go here and travel there, and I wanted to do this and do that. And while those things are important, um, 
I find that they're not what I'm missing. And, and I have clothes in there that still have the price tags on them that at some point really meant a lot to me. And I just patted them all and just touched them and I was like, this is all for nothing. It's all for nothing. This means nothing. These clothes are for nothing. The shoes are for nothing. All your shoes, you shoes, shoes, shoes for nothing. You know, I just, just keep going around looking at it going, it's just all for nothing. The only, the only thing that means anything are the people. Well, what's important is relationships, you know? And um, the rest is not all that big of a deal. You know, the people who have come forward, the people who've reached out to us, who've come over, who've helped us. <sighs> you know, it's drawn my husband and I, I think, a lot closer. I mean, I, I know that man loves me. There is no doubt in my mind that that man loves me. I mean, he, he just puts up with so much. <laughs> and he's there. And um, he thinks I'm beautiful, even when I'm bald, <laughs> you know? And um, he's a good man. And I feel like I can talk to him about anything. I mean, we can, we've had some really deep conversations, um, things that we probably wouldn't have had had I not been sick. And with my girls, I think I'm just more in tune with them, you know. I'm not as likely to shove them off, you know. <laughs> Sometimes kids can be kind of annoying, you know. And uh, But I'm more likely to just take that in, drink them in, you know. To all my kids and my wife, there's only three words that I could say. I love you. We'll make that five words. I love you very much. Our lives are but a moment. Let's pray over the moment. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today and uh, we want our moment to count. We know it's important to you. It's important to the kingdom that we not waste it or spend it, but that we invest it. That we invest it in relationship and uh, growing in that relationship with Christ. And that we invest it in other people who are believers who can walk with us and come alongside us and encourage us. And that we invest it in the lives of those who are distant from you. Uh, and we just want to use our lives, our moment, uh, for the highest and the greatest. So just, just teach us now. Confirm in us now that we can take in everything that this series has been. And that, that we cannot miss this moment. But, but take it all in. Apply it to our lives. 
so that the kingdom of heaven will benefit. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.